we would learn something about you and ourselves that we can apply to our neighbors as we live out your perfect law. Help us, Lord, to follow you in all that we do. We pray, God, that as we spend time with you, that our relationship with you would have the utmost importance and that we take it much more seriously. And so, Lord, we give you this time
wants the best for us. But I'm not sure we would leave him. So today, we're going to be looking at the character of God again. And I want to show you what it really means to trust in God. Because who do you trust in? The character of God, who do you trust in? When we trust in God, we have a sense of patience. We learn to truly trust in God. We get patient with Him. We also get something else. We learn to wait for Him. Now let me give you several examples from Scripture of what I mean by that. Abraham had to wait for Isaac. He didn't do a great job of that, did he? Neither did his wife, Sarah, until they had Ishmael. Interestingly, Ishmael is what Muhammad said he could trace his lineage back to. And he lays claim to Abraham because of that and his history. He didn't wait patiently. He had God take care of him. Joseph had to wait his life in prison because of his family. Think about that for a moment. Joseph's family didn't like him so much that they sold him into slavery. And they had to be convinced not to kill him because he was their dad's favorite. He had to wait. Because a woman lied. A woman lied, and he was sent to prison. Flint, not such a great life so far in following God, is it? Some would count as greatness. Then there's Moses. Moses was in the desert for 40 years hoping on God because of the sin of 40 days of searching the land. Go read the account of Moses. They spent one year for every day they decided not to believe God. Learning to hope in God is not an easy thing. Number four, Job waiting through his suffering. James 5.11 says this, Behold, we consider those who are blessed who remain steadfast. You've heard of the steadfastness of Job. You've seen the purpose of the Lord and how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. Go read the story of Job. The pain and the suffering he's involved in. He learns to wait. David, waiting on being crowned king. Psalm 40, verse 1. I wait patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry, David said. Daniel was waiting for a breakthrough by prayer and fasting. Daniel 9, 3. Then I turned my face to the Lord God, seeking Him by prayers and pleas for mercy with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. We're going to be doing a fast here soon. Mary Ellen and I got together. We talked about it. We'd like to do another fast. We did a 40-day fast. This time, we're going to do an easy three-day fast. And so if you're interested in doing a three-day fast with us, we're going to do it for different reasons. You can do it for whatever reason you want to. But I encourage you to do a fast and give up something you think is super, super important. It may be food. It may be television. It can't be your job, unfortunately, I can say that. You want to fast from your job. I get that. But we're going to do that soon. So I'm asking you, if you'd like to do a three-day fast with us, please see me after the service. We'd love to get together in the community as a church. I think I'm going to be praying for a lot of the kids in the school system because I truly care about these kids. And when my heart goes out to them, I see and hear and, and witness things, and it makes me sad. A lot of what these kids are going through. 
so I just want you guys to know that's what I'm going to be playing for the rest of the tour. Then lastly, Jesus never waited for the Lord to come to start his ministry. He had to wait on God. He could have started it when he was 12 years old. Think about that for a moment. Look at Luke chapter 2, verse 41 through 52, and you will find he knew his stuff. So much that he knew his stuff that the people in the temple were like, how does this 12-year-old know so much about God? starts his ministry at 30 years old. He had to wait another 18 years before he could do his ministry. But God said, I'm going to do it through you. It's amazing. Waiting on God is of the utmost importance. And many of us Christ followers need to learn to do that today. And what you're going to see in this song, you're going to see the character of God and you're going to learn to wait on His timing. As Pastor G. Laziness. Waiting for God is not going to sleep. Waiting for God is not abandonment of effort. Waiting for God means first, activity under command. Second, readiness for a new command until that may come. And then thirdly, the ability to do nothing until the command is given. We need to start trusting in the character of God.
that story about the king trusting someone, that, that son's whole assurance of life was built on nothing less than trusting his earthly father. Because his earthly father was risen. Isn't it even more for our heavenly father than for us? I remember one time I got done with seminary. and I'm on my knees and I'm crying and I go to my wife and I say to her God's called me into ministry and I think I have to go plant churches and she said to me lovingly as she possibly could no he didn't and I went (laughs) I need you to pray and fast because I think God's calling me away from this to start a church and she said no he didn't nope no 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 we've got what we want now we're making
started living off of that, and that was gone pretty quickly because we didn't change our lifestyle so that we, I applied for food stamps to say we were living on food stamps for a while. And it was one of those things where as I'm planting a church, I'm living on food stamps, and I remember this woman who was walking down the street working at a flower shop where my wife was working, and it was just in a different location, and she was trying to have a birthday party for my son. And I went, ooh, we can help you with that because we had a lot of money in food stamps. For some reason, they thought we deserved a lot of money. So we took these food stamps from the local store leader, who's now on a credit card, and we walked into the store, and he said, buy anything you want, food
verse 13, his soul should abide in well-being, his offspring shall inherit the land. The friendship of the Lord is those who fear him and make him known to them his covenant. So the confidence of trusting in God's goodness is what David is talking about here. I, I know that some of you are saying, but I can't. I just can't. I can't trust God because I don't. God because, like last week, many of us don't spend time with Him. That's hard. And we get together as a church to help build each other up, help encourage each other in our walk. What we saw yesterday was of the utmost importance. My wife had a chance to meet with the Revival Hearts people, and Nancy lead them off, Wilderman, who took over for Elizabeth Elliot, by the way. And that radio program that she has is something that my wife will listen to often as we're getting up in the morning. And I'm listening to it, and I love Elizabeth Elliot, and I love Nancy Lee DeMoss Wolvermuth. Hard to say her name. But it's an amazing thing that you women had a chance to come to. And some of the things that you had that was refreshing of your time yesterday was of the utmost as a church family. Now, I get it. Some of you had things to do. I understand with each other and do different things together, I'm telling you right now, the church becomes your family. It becomes that you can have confidence in God and trusting Him because He brings along people who are there for you in your rough, tough, difficult trials and tribulations. That's what we need to have confidence in. So you're right, you can't trust in something you don't know. If you don't know God, you can't trust in Him. I get it. But He leads the humble in what is right. Let me ask us a question. Are we humble? Are we humble with our time? Or are we selfish with it? I don't have confidence because I pray and then I don't get what I want. against God's character, you're never going to get it, so you're wasting your time praying as you call it praying. For example, pray for people who you love. Pray that God would change their heart, that God would come, have them come to them. But if you're praying that they would just change all of a sudden, and then that it would be different for you, and it goes against God's free will in their lives, I'm telling you right now, I'll probably never get answered. Unless God's involved in it. So if you pray something that's against God's will, it isn't going to happen. And Jesus actually tells us that when we pray, many of us pray for things that we can spend it on ourselves, selfishly. What are we really trying to do when we pray? Asking for God's will to happen in someone's life, that's something we can pray for and have confidence that God's going to do His will in their lives. So what are we praying for? If it's against God, instruct in the way that he should choose. Sam Rutherford, a Scottish pastor and evangelist, said this. Don't make fun of me, but I'm going to say it in a Scottish accent. Duties are 
to hold account upon God's providence and begin to, to say, how wilt thou do this or that? We lose the right. We have nothing to do there. It's our part to do and let the Almighty exercise its own providence. It's there his own time. There's nothing left for us but to see
because I hurt you, you can have her. And then another sweet little lady goes, oh, don't you think you're doing great on this app? Thank you so much. Because it's like 10 o'clock at night, she's way past her bedtime, and she's two, and she's in my ear, and I I understand why people think you're great. I I get it. You shake your head. I I'm sitting there going, man, please stop because we're on a plane, and I can't get off. We've got another hour and a half to go. Anyway, what are you trusting in? It's really the question you've got to ask yourself today. What am I trusting in? Because what we see in this psalm is the character of God, and we get to learn how to wait on Him and His timing. Again, let me say it one more time. Waiting on God is not laziness. Waiting on God is not going to sleep. Waiting on God is not abandonment of effort. Waiting on God is first activity under command. Readiness for any command that may come. And the ability to do nothing until that command is given. I say it again. Here's your practical application for your lives today. Actively wait under command. Wait for it. Then be ready for any command to come. And then thirdly, have the ability to do nothing until you hear the command. Don't storm the battlefield until your general tells you what to do. Otherwise, you're going to die. So we need to trust in the character of God. We can all jump from a tree and yell, hey, Father, catch me. But are you waiting on the right? And the one way we can do that is to pray like David. Let's pray. Turn to me and be gracious to me. troubles of my heart are enlarged. Bring me out of my distress. Consider my afflictions and my troubles and forgive all my sins, David said. Turn to God. Leave your worries behind. Jesus and I truly trust in this God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray for wisdom. I pray that we would be a church that trusts that gives our time, our talents, and our treasures to you, knowing that you are going to do with it your will. I pray for those who don't know you, that they would come to know you, that they would turn from their ways, that they wouldn't spend 26 hours a day on everything outside of you. Yeah, we want to have rest. We want to have breaks. Lord, I only know the break I get from reading your word and studying your word and praying your word back to myself and and hearing you talk to me through the scriptures. The fact that there's so many examples of people in this world in your scriptures that relate to what I'm going through in my life and in my time. It's not old and outdated. It's very applicable to my life, to all of our lives. Help us, Lord, to learn your ways. Teach us your ways. Be gracious to all of us because we are Our hearts are troubled. We're distressed. 